This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The COVID-19 pandemic is affecting all of us. We've been forced to make changes in our lives just to cope with the disease, but if we think it's tough on us, just imagine how it must be for a missionary. Travel restrictions often mean they can't return to the United States. And pandemic or not, the work of the missionary in spreading the gospel message must continue. The Reverend Dan McMiller, Executive Director for the LCMS Office of International Mission, sheds light on the situation on today's World Lutheran News Digest. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. We've all been impacted by the COVID pandemic, but let's look at what's happening overseas where we have missionaries and travel restrictions are affecting them over there as well as the disease itself. With me is the Executive Director of the Office of International Mission, the Reverend Dan McMiller. Dan, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kip. Good to be with you. Dan, what is the situation now with our missionaries? I'm not sure how many we have overseas. I understand it's actually a couple of hundred at least. Right now, among our LCMS uh, missionaries, we have about 115 households. That varies. Uh, But uh, right now, it's about 115. We also have four regional directors and uh, five regional business managers added to that number. So that's a pretty large number, plus their households, of course. And then also with Ministry to the Armed Forces, there are chaplains and reserve chaplains deployed. And that too is also through the Office of International Missions with the Ministry to the Armed Forces. Well, Dan, what is their status over there? Are they uh, are they stranded in their uh, host countries now? Are, are they getting any help in terms of fighting the uh, COVID epidemic? It varies greatly. There are missionaries who um, are, in a sense, stranded indeed. Uh, but they have plenty to keep them busy, and they've had to postpone regional gatherings. They've had to do... Um, these gatherings, conferences, symposium, continuing education opportunities, gatherings with national church leaders and partner pastors around the world, all virtually as we're doing here in the United States. We also had to bring a few families home, about 10 families home, because of their isolated uh, situation or their their, uh, service was in a place of isolation and we are concerned about the potential of evacuation. But right now, the status that they are uh, in in terms of local government restrictions is is changing just as it changes here pretty much daily. Well, it's got to present enormous difficulties for for, uh, you in uh, in the Office of International Mission, just trying to keep track of everything that's going on. It is very hard. Um, The Associate Executive Director, Mr. Mr. Christian Belke, works hard on that along with the business managers and our regional directors to keep on top of 
changes and, and government restrictions related to travel. And it has hurt our missionaries and their ability to be home with loved ones, family, when, when that time for a furlough every two years comes along. And of course, to visit congregations and speak to donors, our generous donors, who not only provide funding for them, but the projects and the grants and um, the support that's needed in the approximately 70 countries where we have work, although our missionaries live in about 30 countries. Well, I know in uh, some of the countries there have been uh, there's been an effort by some of the missionaries to return back to the United States for the safety of themselves and for their families. Are we having problems with that? Yes, uh, but they're very patient, very understanding. Uh, without naming the countries, I, there are countries where they just can't leave without some type of assurance of getting back, and so they choose to stay. Uh, and uh, it's hard for us to visit them because of uh, quarantines that would be imposed, the, natures of, the nature of which we cannot be, be certain. And, uh, but every, all the missionaries have been exceedingly patient, understanding, supportive, committed to the work. And we're just prayerful that this will change in the next six to eight months. In the meantime, as I said earlier, there are a lot of, there's a lot of work to be done, uh, getting together with our partner churches and leadership and teaching opportunities or we're finding new ways to do that. And uh, the work goes on. Well, let's let's get down to basics. We have these missionaries in in foreign countries right now, trying to spread the gospel. But that's just part of what they do. What is it that our missionaries actually accomplish in these countries? Well, we have of the hundred and let's see, if approximately one hundred and twenty, if you count the regional directors and business managers, and they're uh, uh, up to their eyeballs in the daily work of the church and the missionaries. Uh, of those, approximately 45 are pastors or clergy, and then the rest are lay people serving in different capacities with uh, schools or mercy projects, um, with uh, the administration of projects that are helping the activities of the seminaries. We work with about 35 different seminaries around the world in helping those seminaries in their curriculum, in their teaching, in preparing pastors, in teaching roles. And um, so the work all is as it is in the United States. Uh, the work of the lay people is auxiliary um, services to help in the spreading of the gospel, supporting schools and mercy ministries, outreach endeavors, translations, hymnal projects, uh, production of literature in conjunction with the National Church. All these things, again, serving our partner churches as they prepare faithful pastors and church workers in the spreading of the gospel. But it is all very much supportive of uh, the relationships that are being developed, uh, the outreach, the evangelism opportunities, uh, teaching of the word, catechesis baptisms and, and the, the daily service of the word and, and with our more mature partners, uh, a very robust program and service to the church so that they can continue the expansion of the work in their, in their respective place in the midst of a lot of obstacles and in some cases even direct opposition. So they, 
there's a lot of work that that goes on but it all centers around the sharing of the gospel and the teaching of the faith and gathering people around word and sacrament just as it does in our home home congregation you mentioned uh, the role of our partner churches how are they helping how are we cooperating with them how are they cooperating with us well, the, the partner churches vary. We have we, we distinguish between partner churches and emerging partner. Technically, a partner church is a church body that's in full fellowship uh, with us, assigned documents recognizing that fellowship through the Office of Church Relations. That's really pretty much church body president or bishop to bishop or president. Uh, what you would term, I guess, broadly speaking, the chief ecumenical officer. Those relations occur in that way but they they work very closely with our missionaries especially as we we try to improve teaching for future pastors deaconesses educators church workers in general uh, looking at their their print resources online resources digital resources resources for learning and um in some places, we're putting together new seminary uh, ventures, and and that is, Kip, the the partner churches really do tell us, and emerging partner churches, if they are making strides and in, in um, developing a, a unified confession that's uh, faithful to the Word and and what we understand as historic Lutheran principles, those church body leaders really they tell us what they need and, and we do the best we can in responding as we see their list of, of requests and needs. And again, it's primarily having uh, preparing pastors and helping the men who are already pastors in their faithfulness and resources and encouraging them in their work of the church. Well, I understand in Africa, especially Lutheranism is the, is the quickest growing faith in in that continent they're outstripping all the other faiths combined and uh, i know for example on the uh, in the nation of uh, madagascar there are more lutherans on that in that country than we have in that in our lcms membership right and, and right now we do not have missionaries on the ground in madagascar they went through a leadership change bishop david Rakatonarina passed away sadly uh from COVID early on in the pandemic but their new leadership is um, in place. And of course, this occurred during uh, our inability to travel and engage with them. Uh, but Lutheranism is growing. How that grows and how Lutheran that growth is, is something for, for conversation. Uh, we have some church bodies that, while they, that, that are large and significant, that speak of them as be, themselves as being Lutheran, they also within that large umbrella have many who identify outside of Lutheranism and sometimes the growth is uh, rather quick and could be even just a decision for Christ on a Sunday morning. So we work with the leadership in those cases of the churches to help them in the uh, teaching and, and stronger affirmation and identification of what it means to, uh, to confess that you are a Lutheran church or a Lutheran church body. And while that growth is, is fast and uh, in some parts of Africa, what we try to do at the bishop's invitation or the, the seminary leadership invitation, so they're often called the principles, 
is strengthen among the pastors what, what it really means to to say i am a lutheran or uh, we are a lutheran congregation or we are a lutheran church body because we do value that identity especially in a world in which the the devil and and, and secular society would like to tear down those clear distinctions that's true and i know that the um, our missionaries are facing a great number of obstacles there both uh natural and some, unfortunately, from uh, various other forces that are at work in those host countries. But they are trying, and I think they're doing a, a an admirable job. I, I, I have utmost respect for them. I'm not sure, frankly, that I could do what they do. Yeah. It, the challenges are great, and, and uh, it, it is emotional to, to even engage with them and hear their reports and see their faces, maybe 50, 60 at a time in a Zoom meeting, knowing how they not only face obstacles there, but back home, I know that they have loved ones who are ill, uh, being diagnosed with serious diseases, in some cases dying in isolation because of COVID restrictions. And yet these faithful workers are on the other side of the globe, uh, trying to remain positive, encourage one another and continue in their task. And there are places in the world where Lutheranism is growing rapidly, uh, relatively speaking, where they don't have existing church bodies. In, in Eurasia, for example, through the blessings of internet, and even some, in some cases, the connection that young people are making to one another within Europe and uh, with uh, Lutheran broadcasting, such as KFUO and other broadcasts online, they're learning more about Lutheranism and asking us for uh, instruction and opportunity for fellowship and opportunity to to have pastors in their countries. So we have new emerging work in Eurasia and of all places such as Italy, uh, Romania, Bulgaria, Greece, um, uh, parts of uh, Czech Republic we haven't been to before and, and uh, Switzerland of all places where there are small groups of Lutherans looking for fellowship, sometimes without a pastor and eagerly um, trying to connect with one another, English being, interestingly, the, the common language among these people, and they're doing a remarkable job. So we have a new online theological education program out of our partner church in, in Latvia, uh, which is in the capital of Riga, Latvia, that Dr. John Bombaro and Dr. Charles Courtright are putting together. And we have over 30 young men um, who have taken, who have uh, begun taking courses for uh, a route to ordination in an academic program online that is fully accredited by the European Union through our partner church in Latvia. And uh, those two missionaries, uh, Bombaro and Courtright, have put this together quickly, but thoroughly. And we're teaching two classes right now in the fall, there'll be four classes. And that's just the first year of students, over 30 from those aforementioned countries. In some countries, I'd rather not mention because they're countries that are um, that are closed, or if they're open, we don't want to bring too much attention upon the work in those countries. Uh, so there's exciting new work emerging where we don't have historic Lutheranism identified. Well, I'm sure you uh, know Eric Lunsford, who is the LCMS official photographer. He's traveled all over the world looking at our various missions and what we are doing. And uh, he told me once that uh, they would go to, uh, for example, a, a small village in uh, in Kenya, 
or what are the other African nations there? And what would happen is that there'd be a radio or uh, that could that could access the internet. And they were actually listening to Lutheran services that were held over that. People would gather from all around just to listen to the to the sermons. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's amazing the changes that have occurred over the last 20 years since the dawn of the Internet and how that uh, interest is growing and more so uh, fervently where there are state churches or church bodies that are that are have departed from uh, historic understanding of or a faithful understanding of scripture and revelation and, and the true gospel of Christ him as the son of God with with the redemption that's ours through faith in him and and those core principles of the reformation boy they ring as loudly today in many parts of the world as they did in Europe at the time of the reformation and and it's we take it for granted here kip what we have available in our local congregations being able to show up and have a well-prepared service and, and and a pastor who understands that preaching and teaching and opportunity to receive the sacrament and receive that encouragement from one another is the the isolation of christians and in, in around the world who are seeking that clarity of the reformation and we hold too dearly is is all the more growing because of the internet and because of those broadcasts we know people who are listening to lcms pastors back in the united states on a regular basis and even connecting with them and they're referring those people to us in parts of the world where we might have missionaries close by that can serve them well eric has said that he has detected a real thirst a real hunger among the people he's visited around the world uh for really for our message. You know, the, the other the Catholicism perhaps is not fulfilling what it is that they require, other Christian, uh, other Christian or even non-Christian faiths. Uh, and he says he's run into people who are just, they just light up when they hear the Lutheran message. They do. That was my experience, of course, working in Latin America for 14 years, that if people had the, the benefit of having the Word of God and they, they know Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. They know that, that he's, he has come to, to give them forgiveness and salvation, but they don't know where to get it because they don't have a pastor or a congregation. When a Lutheran pastor is present, engages in a relationship, and starts opening up the word with them, often I would say among the hundreds of people I catechized in three different countries, they would say, you know, I always thought that, but I never had anybody to confirm it for me. And and because they, the word is clear, and we confess that, that the gospel is clear, but there are many obstacles put in, in the way. Uh, there, there are three young men um, in Rome, for example, who were faithful in a Baptist church, but online they discovered Lutheranism. And they went back to their Baptist pastor in Rome and said, you know, we want to be Lutheran because we've been studying Lutheranism and we believe it's more faithful. And he said, well, that's fine. And they said, well, we've gathered, gathered 11 young men together. Can we rent your church on Sunday afternoon? And he said, sure. So we have 11 people, 13 people gathering right now by internet, but eager to be gathered together in a congregation. And a couple of those young men uh, are those of whom uh, I spoke earlier, seeking uh, education so that they might 
someday after four or five years of online education with intensive training and the help of missionaries on the ground, be ordained Lutheran pastors, planting Lutheran congregations in Rome. I think Luther would roll over in his grave when you think of what's happening there in Rome today and, and uh, with delight. Or in Germany, where with our partner church in Germany, literally thousands of people left the world of Islam and at great peril and risk of their own life are confessing faith in Christ and, and receiving wonderful faithful uh, preaching and, and, and service to the Lutheran Church, our partner Lutheran Church in Germany. Um, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that's happening. There are great obstacles, but great things are happening. Well, the Bible says that we should go out and make disciples of the nations, but sometimes the nations seem to come to us. Yes, and they certainly do here too at home, don't they? Our our neighborhoods are increasingly diverse, and the Office of International Missions, all of us recognize that here at home, our congregations have great opportunity for reaching the nations in our own backyard. But overseas, overseas, it is indeed true that you don't have to go and knock on doors to find people who want to be taught the Word of God. Our partner churches or people on the ground already have that hunger and thirst and are just delighted to have the missionary uh, come alongside of their own leadership or uh, for the first time, perhaps, as I did in planting new churches in different countries. But back home, too, we recognize it's a great opportunity, a great need for our congregations. And we're working on that between the Office of International Missions and Office of National Mission. How can our missionaries abroad contribute to the efforts of our congregations back home as we also have opportunity to reach African immigrants, people of, from the Middle East, people who've lived in the darkness of, of Islam or other uh, uh, religions and don't know Christ? Or how can we benefit our congregations in that cross-cultural work with the experience that we have through the Office of International Missions? It's not an easy task. We're all, we all have too many things on our plate, quite frankly, but we welcome congregations uh, seeking advice and counsel or, or help or literature in, in those tasks and opening their doors and their, their congregations to that cross-cultural outreach. It's, it's a both and. It's a both. I would thought of, I think I said this in a gathering once, I thought of uh, making a t-shirt once, you know, you want to cross an ocean for Jesus, let's start with the neighbors next door. There are a lot of people in my own neighborhood who don't know Christ, and, and there's a lot to do here. So much, so many opportunities, Kip. Well, especially in the inner city, uh, where uh, I, I think in Philadelphia, I seem to recall, there's only one Lutheran congregation in that huge city. And uh, this is something where we need to get the message out into these areas where we can help the community. We can help bring them before, bring them together and let them know what we do and let them know uh, the message of the gospel. You're absolutely right. Our cities are um, so multicultural, so so diverse. And it is it is a foreign mission field. And if you look at our the, the, the cities that used to have robust Lutheran congregations, we all know that story too well. And uh, that is a foreign mission field for us that should be should be addressed. It's a wonderful opportunity 
but how can we in the Office of International Mission help those endeavors? Well, that's that's something we'd love to be able to spend more time on and to have more engagement uh, with pastors and, and district presidents and, and through the president's office as well. Well, let's get into the role of the missionary's family. So they will go into the, uh, in the field alone. They bring their families with them. What role do they play in helping to spread the gospel? Well, in my own case, my wife was all, is a Lutheran school teacher and was a, a church musician. She was there, not necessarily with a keyboard, a piano, much, and never an organ, of course, but to lead the kind of help me in the leading of the congregation with, with uh, the liturgy and hymn singing. She also assisted me greatly and, and otherwise do that aforementioned task and otherwise also work very closely with the youth and the children, the Sunday school teachers, uh, develop, helping with the development of Sunday school materials. My wife, for example, taught once a month. She gathered all the Sunday school teachers together and gave them a workshop to prepare them for the classes that followed the church here in the coming month. And they encouraged one another in that way. But accompanying wives, um, have different responsibilities. Some of them may be deaconesses. Some of them are contributing with teaching, um, yet without a pay. And, and, and uh, some of them are educators and, and help in those regards. Others help with the many, many logistical challenges of, of church gatherings and, and mentoring and modeling for young people, young wives, granting encouragement and, and, and using hospitality to reach out to young women, often uh, often young women with, with without men in the home and, and being hospitable and encouraging to them. Uh, but we, we have a lot of school opportunities around the world where our, our wives can be as a, of assistance too. Uh, but the the growth of uh, the role of uh, women and is, is broad in the mission fields around the world. Uh, but the, the wives of the missionaries always have that open invitation. The difficulty for us with that is they often end up doing that, Kip, without a lot of support. Uh, and, and that can be frustrating for the, the wives. But uh, So they, they're champions in the mission field. Dan, thanks so much for your time and your patience. Great to be with you, Kip. God bless you. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.